God bless so good to see all of y'all. Some of you all I'm seeing right here in front of me, the few of you, but the rest of you I see in spirit. And I thank God today for the opportunity uh, just to get up and present our preacher for today. I, uh, the first thing that I did when I realized that I was about to face these challenges was I began to call preachers began to call and say, look, I need some help. I need you to come and help. That's the first thing I did. And started making sure that Salem was going to be covered. And two things, I realized that God had me do that because by now I would have broken my own rule and I'd be back at the pulpit. Uh, but I went ahead and I went ahead and scheduled to make sure that we were covered. Called up one of our preachers preacher from right here in Salem. I don't have to introduce her. I can present her, Pastor Fern Sapp. Uh, probably 20 years ago, is that near 20 years ago, uh, began preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, served this church well in so many capacities, served here as executive pastor, and God moved her on uh, to do her own flock and to have her own flock and to She's been just so involved and still involved in the ministry. So we just thank God today she's going to come and preach to us what thus saith the Lord. We just welcome her home. So glad to have her at home. Lord, I want to live for thee every day and every hour. Let your spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Be with us now. And, and it's saving power.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says that where two or three are gathered together in his name, that he is in the midst. I believe I count one, two. I believe I count more than two. That means that we're gathered together in his name. And so we ought to give the Lord some praise. Come on and give God praise in the house. Hallelujah, God. You're so worthy. Come on, come on. I woke up this morning with a right now praise in my heart, and I came to give God the glory and to give God the praise. Amen. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so if you've been redeemed by the hand of the enemy, you ought to tell the Lord, thank you. You ought to tell the Lord, hallelujah. You ought to give God some praise. If God woke you up this morning, if God started you on your way, if you're COVID-19 free, you ought to give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hey. Oh my God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. I came to rejoice in the Lord because he is so worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen. If you would help me to give honor to the angel of this house, to the man of God that God has set in this place to lead and to guide us, help me to give God praise for the Reverend Dr. Richard Benjamin Haynes. Amen. Amen. I'm grateful for you, Pastor. I've been telling people this morning, I've already been to one church service this morning, and so I've been telling that crew there that I'm going home. I'm going home on today, and so I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful for the invitation, and I'm thankful for the wisdom that God has bestowed upon you. I look back over it, I say, yes, it's been 1999. I start preaching in 1999, and so, yes, it's been over 20 years, and it's all because of what you put inside of me and what you entrusted with me with and, and what you nurtured to be, and so I'm grateful for that. Amen. Amen. I love you very much. I honor um, Sister Bev and her absence on this morning. I just give God praise for her and I honor her on today as well to all the preachers of the gospel. Amen. You ought to give God a good hallelujah on today. Amen. 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 Indeed, it is a privilege to be here on today. I thank God. God knows what he's doing. Uh, whenever he set out to get his word out, Deacon, he, he spread the people. He, he caused them to have to scatter in order for the word to get out. And so I'm grateful that he knows what he's doing. He's scattering us. Somebody say, he's scattering us. He's scattering us. He's putting us all across the airwaves and the airline, uh, down from the airline so that we can get in the front line and really do some work. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, there is a word from the Lord on today, and I'm grateful. I give honor to uh, my family, to my husband, uh, Deacon Willie Sapp, and uh, to my, I call him my adults now. I call him my adults, Nicole and Winton, and their families as well. I just give God honor. I'm grateful. Amen. This morning, the word of the Lord is going to come from Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew. It's going to come from Matthew, and our reading is going to come from the sixth chapter. And we're going to read verses 25 through 34. Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34. Amen. And I'm going to be reading on this morning from the New American Standard Bible on this morning. The Bible says, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more, much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But 
Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Verse 34, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care for itself. Each day, King James says, sufficient. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Father, we bless you on today, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word doesn't need anointing. It's our lips. It's the men that need anointing. It's these women that need anointing. And so anoint my lips of clay, God, that as I speak your word, Lord, you might be edified and people might be encouraged on today and your son Jesus might be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about beware of worry. Beware of worry. Now, since we out in cyberland and you don't have a neighbor that you can touch anymore, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and tell yourself to beware of worry. I'm going to ask you to type it in the chat box, put it in the comment section. Beware of worry. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a little girl, we used to always play outside and we would find, I don't know if y'all see this now, young folks, we passed by certain neighbors' homes and there'd be a little sign outside that said, beware of the dog. And every time we go past these houses, we see the little sign out there that said, beware of the dog. Now the sign was there to let you know that there was a dog in the yard. And I don't know about you, but it was always with us where we would have somebody in the crew who either couldn't read or felt like they could take the dog on. And so we just be young folks just walking down the street, have our little popsicles and our sippy cups and all of that other stuff. And we'd be walking and somebody in the crew would decide that they were going to mess with Mr. Durant's dogs. And what was so amazing is you got to know Mr. Durant. Mr. Durant had tall dogs. He had dogs that I don't even know why he thought that fence was appropriate for them. But for some reason or another, he had a little low fence and a couple of high dogs. And every time we walked down the street, there'd be somebody out there who would say something or do something to the dog. Now, remember, the sign said, beware of the dog. But what was most amazing is the sign was there to caution you that should you mess with or find yourself in this area, then you'll be here at your own risk because this dog is liable to bite you. Now, every now and then it would look like we had gotten away from the dog. We keep walking down the street because it would be laughing and just giggling at how the dog just couldn't do nothing because he was behind the fence. But one day, somebody say one day. One day we had messed with the dog so much and while we still turned our back and we are walking away, all of a sudden you can hear the wind. And we look behind us and Mr. Durant's dog had jumped the fence and now was running down the street chasing us. And we'd start running and when we got in the house, we'd always start fussing at the person that antagonized the dog because we said, had you left the dog alone, we would all have been all right. Well, I believe that Jesus is trying to help us in the Sermon on the Mount to see that there is a place where if you mess with worry, worry will bite you. If you find yourself entangled or hanging around worry, worry will do some things for you. So let's, let's look, let's look, let's look at our text. It's amazing that Jesus is here in the Sermon on the Mount and Matthew is the only place where this sermon is recorded. Some say that the Sermon on the Plain was in Luke, but here in Matthew is the Sermon on the Mount. And what's most amazing to me is that he chooses in this sermon to address some very key issues that can help you and I in our lives. He starts out with the Beatitudes. You know, we say, blessed are those who thirst after the Lord and hunger and thirst after righteousness, he says, because they'll be fed. Blessed are those who mourn because they'll be comforted. He, he starts out with the Beatitudes and helping us to understand that there's a blessing in all of life and in all of what we'll go through. Then he goes down and he begins to tell us as believers that you need to understand that you will play a key role in the world because you are the salt of the earth. 
And he says, if the salt loses its flavor, if it loses its seasoning, then he says, it is of no purpose, no good but to be thrown down so that feet could trample over it. Then he goes on to say, well, not only are you the salt of the earth, but you are also a city that sits on a hill that cannot be hid. So he says, I want you to understand and I want you to know what your, your purpose is here. But, but then I like it because he moves down and he starts dealing in chapter six. He starts dealing with the law and the prophets. You remember Jesus said that I didn't come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill the law. So he says, so in case you don't understand, I want to talk to you for a little bit. He says, I want to talk to you, first of all, about anger. And I want to let you know how to handle anger, how to deal with anger, how to be angry and not sin. I'm going to show you how to be angry, but then I also want to touch on some little touchy areas because I want to deal with you about this lust. I want you to know that if you look upon a woman, it's just as if you had done what you wanted to do with her. So let's deal with some subjects that I know you're going to need some help in as you live your life. He says, and in case you're thinking about running off with her, I'm going to skip on over here and start talking to you about divorce. So you can understand what the law says to you about divorce. Somebody said, Jesus just trying to help them out, just trying to help them out. And then he says, I, I want to help you to understand that it's not your responsibility in your life to take an oath. In fact, I want you to understand that I'm against those things. And then he moves down even further. He says, now I'm going to show you how to retaliate so that when somebody hits you in your cheek, what you need to do, you need to turn the other one. If they take your coat, you need to go in and give them your shoes, give them everything else. I'm going to show you how to retaliate in the world because the world is going to take you through some things. And then he ends and he starts dealing with them about love, love, love. He starts showing them how love really is the key and you're going to need some love. Somebody said you're going to need some love. You're going to need some love to make it through in the world. And then he comes down to our place, to our text. And, and as he gets down here, he starts contrasting. I like to say it's Jesus' time to do contrast and comparisons. He starts taking them through and he says, I want you to understand there's a difference between what happens in the earth and what's happening in heaven. He says, I want you to understand that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And he says, I, I want you to understand too, there's a difference in your eye. I'm going to use the eye as an illustration, but I want you to understand, he says, there's a difference between light and darkness. And then he skips on over and says, now let's talk for a moment because I need for you to understand there's a difference between God and money. Now, I know I'm going to step on some toes because it's like we sing the song. I think we might even have it in our little life hymnal where we just say money, 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 money. That's all. I think it's something we wake up with on our mind. But he says, I want you to understand that money Mammon is what he talks about, how he refers to it here. Mammon is it's a personified God. He says, Mammon, I want you to understand there's a great difference between God and money. And as he goes forward, he says, I need you to understand these things because it's the very reason why I'm going to say to you, don't worry. Don't worry, don't worry. Look, look at verse 25. He said, for this reason, for, for what reason? What reason, Jesus? What reason are you talking about? Well, he says, I just told you in 24, it's a difference between God and money. It's a difference between me and mammon. You can't have but one master. You're going to either love one and hate the other, but you can't serve two masters. And he said, and it's for this very reason that I need for you to understand. Watch this. Don't worry. Don't worry, don't worry. You say, you say Jesus, Jesus, how He said, I'm so serious about it that if you look in verse 25, he says, for this reason I say, do not be worried. If you look in verse 28, he says, and why are you worried? If you look in verse 31, he says, do not worry then. If you look in verse 35, 34, he says, so do not worry. Well, if Jesus keeps repeating a word and keeps telling you something, would you want to come to believe he's trying to tell us something? So go ahead and tell yourself, self, don't worry. 
Don't worry. He said, beware, 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 beware of worry. Well, Jesus, why in the world should we beware of worry? Watch this, watch this. He says, because worry, here's the first thing, will destroy our faith. Worry will destroy our faith. Worry will destroy our faith. Well, where do you see that at, preacher? Verse 30, he says, he says, if God's going to clothe the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow we put it out there to burn some fire with, he says, listen, don't you worry. You are of little faith. Worry, 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 worry will destroy our faith. When we begin to feel as if it's all up to us, then our faith is no longer intact. Now, now notice here, he didn't say you of no faith. He said you of little faith. Now, 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 Pastor, I found that so strange because I thought somewhere he said, if you just have faith the size of a mustard seed, then, then things was going to be all right. And, and I, I've seen a mustard seed and it's very little. It's incy bincy tense. I'm thinking, well, if I got little faith, that should be good. But watch this. He's not talking about, the word he uses here is not talking about a believing faith. See, even the demons believe and they tremble. The, the faith he's talking about here is a trusting faith. He's talking to you about a faith that he says that causes you to rely upon me. So he says, so why then is it that you have a little bit of reliance, a little bit in you that causes you to rest in me, to trust me, to believe that I'm going to take care of you? What is that? Because you start worrying. I'm reminded of, and we've seen this here at Salem, I've been a part of, of building projects. We've been, we've been building projects. And, and I remember when, when we were building, I remember when things were going up. And remember we used to have to come down through the little cut over there that all used to be just woods. And we run down through the little cut when it was raining outside. You get all met. Y'all remember those days. See, they don't know nothing about that out there. But y'all remember those days. I remember in the building project, they put up something called the silt. And when they put the silk fence up for people like me who don't know anything about building, it didn't matter. I just thought it looked nice. I'd be like, oh my goodness, that looks really nice. We're getting ready to start doing something. We're getting ready to start building here. It's just the time to get excited. But then I found out that the silk fence serves a purpose. They put the silk fence up as the first line of protection. See, I, I don't need, but I got one, two. We said we got one, two. I got one, two. I got y'all right here. We're going to get happy together. All right. We're going to touch it and bump and uh, uh, uh. All right. Yeah. So we're together. I found out that a silt fence is the first line of protection because it's put up so that when construction starts, the disturbance of the land will cause the fence to hold back all of the sediments so that when the water and the rain come, those things won't run off into the rivers and the lakes. And so our water can stay clean and our water can stay safe. And I said, God, why are you giving me an image of a silt fence? Because I'm not a construction man. I don't know. He said, I want you to understand that worry will destroy your faith. Faith is your silt fence. Faith is your first line of protection. Faith is what you need. So when the storms of life start raging and coming in, you got your faith to hold you. He says, so it's so important that you, you not allow that you beware of worry. If you let worry in, he says, worry, worry will cause you to no longer trust me. And, and when you no longer trust me, then guess what happens? You start trying to get your own clothes. You start trying to get your own food. You start trying to make your own way. You start, you start adding up. You start looking at your own bank account because you believe that it's all on you. You start running around with the mantra that said, if it's to be, it's up to me. Because you start thinking it's all in your hand. See, this is what happened. He said, beware of worry because it will destroy your faith. It will cause you to rely upon your own self. You'll start saying things like, you know, I just pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. Worry will destroy our faith. But not 
only will worry destroy our faith. Verse 32, he says, worry will deny our father. Oh, my God. Worry will deny our father. Look, 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 look at verse 32. Verse 32, he says, for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but what your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. So when you and I get in a place of worry, he says, now we have gotten to a place where we deny the father. Wait, what, do, what do you mean? For, well, a father's whole role is to take care of you. A father has been designed to take care of the family. And that's why, that's why, oh, 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 I don't want to step on any toes. That's why you got to watch what's happening and what's being done to deal with the father. Because if the father is not there to take care of the home, Then worry begins to set in. Then the mother starts feeling like she got to make it herself and she got to do it herself. And, and yes, we got some great mothers who have made it happen. But the order of God, he has designed it that a father, fathers would take care. Fathers would do. So here, 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 here. When we begin to worry, then we are taking on the job of the father. We are taking on the role of the father. We deny him the right to do what he does. Now, I don't know why. I don't know if God knew it was going to be some men in here today. But then he started causing me to think about Bill Belichick. Bill said, do your job. He told him, do your job. One of the greatest NFL coaches of all time. He said, I don't need you to worry about anybody else on the team. All I need you to do is you do your job. See, when worry comes in, then now you find yourself doing God's job and you no longer are doing your job. Your job is to trust in the Lord with all your heart and to lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will yada direct your path. So when worry sets in, we start finding ourselves doing God's job. People ask all the time, well, how's that going to happen? I don't know. I don't know because it's not my responsibility or yours to figure out how God's going to do it. If he said he's going to do it, if God says that I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory, it's not my job to figure out how he's going to do it. It's my job to trust that he's going to do it. But he says when you, when you and I get involved in that, he says we start denying the father. He says because your heavenly father knows that you have need of <laughs> now, 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 that, that, that was key to me it was key to me because sometimes I, I don't know about you but I've been in this place before sometimes we start looking at God and comparing him to our earthly father we start looking at you know sometimes dad said no Sometimes dads didn't come through. Sometimes, so now we start comparing. But he said, no, 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 no. I don't want you to think about your earthly father. I want you to understand that your heavenly father already knows that you have need. And if he knows that you have need of them, he says, don't worry. Mm, 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 mm. My God, he said, I love the scripture. It says, what man is there if you, if a son, ask him for some bread? What father is going to give the son a stone? He says, no, I'm going to give you what you need. Somebody said, God's going to give me what I need. God's going to give me what I need. God's going to give me what I need. So not only will worry, worry cause us to deny our father, but watch this, watch this. Worry will derail our focus. Worry will derail our focus. Worry will get you so off track that you don't even know what you came for, what you're looking for, what because you got so caught up in worry. He said, worry will derail your focus. What's your focus? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said, and all these other things, they'll be added unto you. He says, don't allow worry to derail your focus. He says, because I've told you already, I'm not talking about the earthly. I'm talking about the heavenly. I'm not talking about mammon. I'm talking about God. So he's saying there's a difference. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. He said, even the pagan, the unbeliever, 
seeks these things. He says there should be a distinction, there should be a difference between you and I as believers and the world. He said what the world is worried about, you shouldn't be. What the world, listen, 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 listen. Now listen, he's not saying you shouldn't care that you eat. He's saying you shouldn't be consumed about whether or not you're going to eat. Come on. He says, it's, it's not that you shouldn't think about what am I going to get from the store today and, and, and go pick up your stuff. He said, just it shouldn't be consuming you. See, see how, how do you know you're worrying? You know you're worrying if you wake up in the morning thinking about it. If you go to bed at night thinking about it. If you're going throughout the day, you're thinking about it. You're driving down 285, you're thinking about it. You're talking on the phone to somebody else and it just comes up in your mind. You're worrying. Somebody says, stop worrying. Stop worrying. He says, stop worrying. Stop worrying. There should be a difference in you. He said, because unbelievers seek temporal things. Unbelievers run after temporal things. He says, but you, you the believer, you should be looking for something eternal. He said, you as a believer should be looking for something. See, unbelievers are searching for things that don't last. A lady hit me on, on, on Salem Road a few Sundays ago, about a month or so ago. And she hit me, and I said, man, lady, hit, somebody hit me again. Take the car and take the car to go get it, you know, worked on. And somebody asked me, said, uh, when you going to get your car back? I said, I don't know. <laughs> well, how, many, how long have you had your car? I said, I don't know. You don't know? When they, I said, I don't know. Let me look at the calendar. I, I guess now they've had it now about 20 days. Well, you're not concerned about, you know, well, what if this, and, and what if the insurance run out with the car rental and what? I, I, Listen, I'm not worried about that because God said he's going to supply all my needs. So if he knows I got to get around, I'm not worried about that. He said, see, those are things that unbelievers worry about. Unbelievers chase after that kind of stuff. He said, but that, that, that shouldn't be your worry. That should be your, your concern should not be about whether or not I'm going to have enough to go to college. No, 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 no. He said, you want to go to college? Ask me. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. He said, so whatever you want. See, you going to college is not contingent upon what mama and daddy got. It has nothing to do with that. I don't know who I'm talking to today. It has nothing to do with that. Everything that you need, God said he's going to supply it. So don't allow. See, that's why I don't like it when it's parents. I don't like you to tell your children this. I'm going to step on somebody's toes, but I'm just telling you how I feel. I don't like it when it's parents. We tell kids we can't afford that can't afford that we're not we're not gonna get that today because we can't no no no. you can't afford that let's start making decisions based upon what you have let's start let's start calling together the children and say well you know what if that's something that you seem to desire in your heart well God says that he'll give you the desires of your heart so let's just take it to him in prayer now when we take them into him in prayer I'm gonna teach you some things baby girl I'm gonna teach you some things son I'm gonna show you that sometimes God says yes Sometimes God says no, and sometimes God says wait. So what we're going to do is I'm not going to tell you what he's saying. We're going to come together. We're going to touch and agree on what it is you desire. And if God brings it to pass, we're going to say thank you. If God doesn't bring it to pass, we're going to say thank you. If God says wait on it, we're going to say thank you. I believe everything in life gives us a lesson. So he says, worry will derail your focus. We got to seek the source and he will provide the resource. Now, now I want to talk about this seeking for a minute before I sit down. He says that the seeking has got to be, there's got to be a priority in your seeking. (laughs) There's got to be a priority in your seeking. He said, seek ye first. The kingdom of God. He said, seek, seek, seek him first. Make him preeminent. Now, you, you ever hear people say this? Uh, you ever see, hear people say this, Deacon? They say, well, we done done everything we can do. Let's pray. We done, we done done all we can do. Now let's pray. Now let's pray. How about let's pray first? How about let's go to him first? He says there has to be a priority in your seeking where you can't seek God after everything else has run out. 
You, you might call me religious, but, you know, I, I've always done this with, with my tithes and offering. And it, it just could be me just being religious. And, and so just you might want to put it in my religious box. It's okay. But I've always decided that I was going to go ahead and pay my tithe first. Because it just something said to me, if I go ahead and give him his 10%, that he can bless the other 90 but if I go and I spend my 90 and then decide I'm going to give him my 10, it ain't nothing left for him to bless. Now, you could just call me religious. That ain't in the Bible. I'm just telling you. It's like Paul says, it's just what I believe. Somebody says what I believe. But he says there ought to be a priority in seeking him because Colossians says that he is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. Somebody say, put God first. But here's something else about this seeking. Watch this, watch this. He said, you got to be present in your seeking. So he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So he starts saying, now we got to seek God now. Seek the kingdom of God now. You, you say, well, what does that look like? He's, be the salt of the earth now. Be the salt of the earth now. Somebody say, be the salt. Be the salt of the earth now. He says, listen, listen, be righteousness in the earth now. Because watch this, watch this. There, the justice of God is being called forth. But if you and I are entangled in worryation, then we miss our responsibility to be the righteousness of God. I like what one preacher said. He said, whenever you pray, then when you enter into a place, the laws and the ordinances of that place ought to align with the kingdom of God. Why? Because you are now present because the Bible says the kingdom of God is in you. And so wherever you are, the kingdom of God is. So when you show up, the kingdom just showed up. He said, be present, be present. Our focus has got to be on the kingdom of God and on his righteousness. Worry will derail our focus. Worry will deny our father and worry will destroy our faith. A couple of days ago, they called upon me. You know, they call me sometimes to do Grammy duties. And so I get a chance to be a grandma and a mother, they let me do it every so often. And I went down to my daughter, to Nicole's house. And when I was down at her house, everything is just so in order. I mean, they just got everything so, it's just, just so in order. I'm thinking, why they call me? They got this together. But I went down to her house, and um, they had me to do pickups and bring this one home. And she had a little dental surgery. So do you do this, mama? You do that. So I did all my little assignments, did all that. And uh, they, I didn't have to cook. They had already cooked. They just need me to pull it out. I said, well, shoot, I need to come down here. Every... But I digress. But as I'm going through and, and helping and, you know, doing sight words and helping and just going through, when I'm getting ready to leave, as I'm walking out the door, I noticed that they got stacks of masks hanging on this little holder. They got a mask for Mama Bear. Got all Nicole's designs on them. They got masks for Papa Bear. Look masculine for Jason. They got masks for Kamari. They look cute and teeny. They got masks for Jason. Football and all this stuff on it representing a nine-year-old. They got Mask for the little two-year-old. Got a little itty-bitty mask for the little two-year-old. And I looked up there and I said, uh, I said, when Nicole, I said, what, what, what is this? Are, are they clean? She said, yes, ma'am. We wash them and when we wash them, we take them all and we place them, we buy them, we take them and we hang them up there and everybody could get them. I said, well, why do you have them up there? She said, that way, when you leave out the door, I don't have to worry about them going out unmasked. She said, when they leave, they have what they need, and all they got to do, they don't have to look for it. All they got to do is just pick it up at the door. And, and, and you 
from her house to my house about an hour and a half. So, Pastor, I had about an hour and a half to think on that thing. I said, wow, she got the mask on the wall because the masks are there to keep them protected. And she don't want them to go out unprotected. So I started thinking, I said, well, it looked like to me, instead of us masking up, it just looked like we ought to word up. I said, I said, if we want to we wanna defeat worry and we want to protect ourselves from worry and we want to beware of worry, it looked like we ought to just word up. It, it looked like that when we so burdened down by what's happening with the pandemic and why everybody's just going on, it looked like we ought to put on some Matthew 11 and say, come to me all ye that labor and that are heavy burdened and, and I will give you rest. Look like we ought to just word up. I, I, I picked this one up and reminded me of a doctor said, look like when you pain in your body and you need to be healed. Look like you ought to just word up with some Jeremiah 30. It says, but I, the Lord, will protect you and heal you and I will keep you. It look like we ought to just word up. But then I, I started looking and it said, people are just, you know, depressed and depression is weighing them down and I saw this one brother and it had these little 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 what you call these little note clefts and music on it it said look like we ought to just pick up the word and say sing unto the Lord a new song sing unto the Lord a new song and rejoice in him look like we ought to just somebody say word up and, and then I thought about how we're hearing all of this stand back and, 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 and stand by and I said fear could get in us but then I start looking and I said it looked like to me we ought to pick up Exodus with, with Moses and he said stand still and see the salvation of the Lord he said these Egyptians you see you won't see them no more somebody say you ought to word up you ought to word up because there's so much going on in the world while you're grabbing your mask we ought to get the word we ought to put the word in us and get to the place where look, 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 look. he says look, I, I'm a little worried right now I don't know I don't know we're going to be able to eat well the Lord shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory just look like somebody say word up word up word up word up word up in every area of our life we got to guard ourselves against worry with the word because if you know what God said then you can begin to speak it over yourself. Somebody said, speak over yourself. Even when David was discouraged, David, the Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. David started speaking to himself in the Lord. He started recounting the ways of God. He started thinking about what God had said and what God had done. And David encouraged himself. We got to encourage ourselves. And we got to move away from worry. Beware of worry and walk out the word. Walk out the word. Walk out the word. Well, listen, in all that's happening and all that's going on, God will take care of you. God will. Somebody said, God will. God will take care of you. When the storms of life are raging, God will take care of you. See, you, you know, I, I think about the Shunammite woman when, when her son dies. What did she say? She said, it is well. It is well. It is well. So we got to get to a place where we guard ourselves against worry. Beware of worry. Trust that the God who sent his only begotten son, you know, when they had him, they had him on the cross. He says, no, they got me on the cross, but nobody can take my life. He says, I give it up. I give it up. I give it up freely. Nobody can take. Jesus wasn't worried. He wasn't worried. Why? Because he understood that God had him. He knew that God would take care of him, and he knew that his going to the cross would be that you and I could have life and have it more eternally. So don't worry. Somebody said, don't worry. Don't worry. Whatever's going on, whatever be tied, God will take care of you. I remember our grandmother say, be not dismayed. Whatever be tied. God will take care of you. And in the midst of pandemic and anything else is going on, beware of worry. Don't allow it to come in. Don't allow it to tap on your door. Because if you do, it'll destroy your faith. It'll deny your father. And it'll derail your focus. Amen. Amen. God bless you.
God will take care of you. Why don't everybody just bless the Lord? Why don't everybody just bless the Lord now? You're talking about a right now word. You're talking about a right now, a rhema word. This is a right now word. A word that will bring us down off of this ledge of worrying. God is still in charge. Still in control. We Y'all help me bless the Lord for Pastor Fern Sapp. Amen, amen. That, that, that ain't, that ain't but one Pastor Fern Sapp. Ain't but one. And that's both of them. <laughs> we thank God today that she's come, come home to share with us. And we just thank God for what he continues to do with her and in her. And we just pray that God will just continue to use her in this great kingdom work. Uh, I do want to just share uh, just some information with you. First of all, I want to make sure that we congratulate our children and our youth uh, this month. Uh, we're not going to let any pandemic stop us from honoring our children. Amen. So our, our, our youth of the month for uh, the month of September, September, the youth of the month for September, Tyra Grant, Tyra, y'all bless the Lord. Tyra, we just thank God for your example. Thank God for how he continues to use you, how he's using you already. Uh, we saw you honored on last night. Uh, just a wonderful occasion last night. But we want you to know that even more so, God, God loves you. And God honors the work that you do in his kingdom. Thank you so much, Tyra. We've got some things for you later on. But we just want to say thank you. Our child of the month for the month of September, David Thompson. David, we thank God for David. And we thank God for his young example to all of us and how he's steadfast about the kingdom's work already. Uh, let me just take this point and this opportunity to remind all of us everywhere that Monday, October 5th, uh, if you have not already registered, if you haven't already registered, uh, you need to register to vote Monday, Monday. The fifth, that's your last opportunity. And I don't understand and I don't know why I should have to stand here and even beg folk <laughs> to go. You ought to go just, just like you go over to the store when they got themselves and lay out there all night long. <laughs> Some of y'all need to go lay out at the voters office all night long and just wait on them to open up in the morning. And you need to be there when they open up and make sure that you are registered to vote. This thing is critical. This thing is critical. And we've been laying around, taking it easy. This thing is critical. And I want all of us, not all, I want all of us to make sure that we are registered. And not only that you are registered, that you go and vote when the time comes to vote. Why do you think it is that they're going through all of this to keep you from voting? Why do you think it is? Why, why do you this is the power you have as a citizen, citizen. And there are people who have millions and millions of dollars. And they're spending those millions to support people to run for office. But guess what? In spite of their millions, they only have one vote, which is the same thing you got. And you need to learn. You need to learn how to use it. I want us to be in prayer. We continue to, uh, uh, in our church family and all around, there are those who are going through periods of bereavement. 
want to be in prayer uh, with uh, Sister Angela Wiley, Sister Angela Wiley and the passing of her mother, who will be funeralized on tomorrow uh, at a graveside service. Her mother, Emma Browning, passed away. So I want to be in prayer uh, with Sister Wiley and her family as they go through. Also, we mourn the loss of Mother Maddie Stevens. Uh, Mother Maddie Stevens went home to be with the Lord, and at this point, I think the plan is for a service to be held here on next Saturday, next Saturday morning. Of course, uh, we have to abide by the uh, all of our uh, laws of distancing and everything, so we will make the space available for her and uh, for the family. And all of us, we will make sure that we we can stream live of whatever we need to do. But let's be there for that family. Also, we mourn the passing of Brother Les Sangster. Uh, Brother Sangster went home to be with the Lord. And I want all of us just to keep lifting Mother Sangster and Daryl and the rest of the family. Let's just pray uh, that the Lord will do what he does. And we don't have any arrangements yet for that. But let's just contact the office and make sure that we are uh, where we need to be in regard to that. Uh, on the third Sunday, and this is the month of church anniversary celebration, we're celebrating 186 years. Amen. I hear y'all cheering out there. Let me hear y'all in here. I know, I know that we are blessing the Lord for 186 years of service of this congregation right here in this community. What we are going to do this month, and we have missed each other so much, and it's just seemed that we've just been so far apart, uh, physically, spiritually connected. But on the third Sunday, on the third Sunday, which is normally the Sunday where we will have our baptism and communion service in the afternoon, what we're going to do, uh, we're going to have this regular service just like we do now, but that afternoon, that afternoon, uh, well, let me make sure I'm saying this right. Uh, our service, no, I'm not saying it right. Our service, this service, the whole, we're doing everything at 11 o'clock. Everything will be at 11 o'clock. But we're going to be driving in to our service. We'll be driving in to our service. We will be on the other side. Uh, in the parking lot on the other side, we'll be set up with a stage so that we can all come together as we normally do. We'll all be able to commune together. It's a drive-through service, so you will come and you will park your car, stay in your car. Uh, we will have one area where we will have family areas, tents set up so that families can come out of the car and maybe just be under tents. But we're all going to be together. We're going to abide by the law. We have to socially distance. Salemites, Salemites, I know you don't like that word distance. You don't like that, that word. So I know that. But we have got to abide by the laws of the land. We got citizenship, yes, in the kingdom of God, but we got some citizenship down here too. So we're going to abide by all of our laws. But guess what? We're going to be together. We're going to be together and we're going to wave at each other and we're going to give somebody a distance holy hug. We're just going to have a wonderful time that day. But we will gather that day for our regular communion uh, on, on the third Sunday in October. We look forward to everybody being here. We will come. We will, we will uh, actually uh, do our baptismal service. And I think we have, I'm not sure of the candidates, but I'll handle that in here. Uh, we get all of that handled, but we will uh, have communion together. We will fellowship together on the other side. We do need members. You know, we need you to call into the office or email or however you communicate with us. We need to know who's going to be coming. We need to let you, you need to let us know who will be here. You need to let us know that y your family will be here because Although we can't do it like we want to do it, we're going to make sure that we have dinner together. We're going to have dinner ready, but the, the downside of that, we will have dinner, but you're going to have it packed up. We're going to have it packed up, 
And so as we drive by and hunk at each other, we will hand you your dinner and you can go back home and you can, we'll all be able to just to share. That is a way to do it if you want to do it. That is a way to do it if you want to do it. So please call in so that we can be ready and have dinner prepared for you and you'll be able to pick it up and you'll be able to carry it home that day. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. Reverend Sapp, thank you so much for blessing us this day. Amen. To our youth praise team, thank you so much for your service. To our other worshipers and our worship team, thank you for just being in place. Music department, our video team, uh, audio video, thank you so much. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. Reverend Tammy, thank you too. <laughs> God bless you. And thank you for such a wonderful word last week. Amen. God be with you till we meet again. this morning every time you pick up your mass word up <laughs> every time you pick it up you ought to remember what we have God has given us this morning pick up your mass and when you as you pick it up word up also word up. now may the grace of God the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest rule and abide with us now henceforth and forevermore let us all say There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.